Amen. Remain standing and let me read verse 56. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. Thank you. You may be seated. I'm interested tonight in the statement, and Joseph opened all the storehouses. I'm interested in those storehouses. They're not ordinary storehouses. They are saving storehouses. There was a starving world, but oh, there was sufficiency in the storehouse. Sufficient to feed whosoever will for anywhere they would come from. I'm glad no matter where the famine was, there was sufficiency if they could get to the storehouse. And I want to preach on these saving storehouses as the Lord would give us utterance tonight. By way of introduction, let's think about Joseph here. He had been brought out of prison. He had interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And thus he was appointed over all the land, second only to Pharaoh. And Joseph, who was endowed with divine wisdom, devised a plan to store corn during the seven plenteous years and to last beyond the seven years of famine. I would say it was the goodness and mercy of God who raised up Joseph to save not only Israel, but all the world from perishing in a time of famine. Later on in Genesis chapter 50, when Joseph was talking to his brethren, he said, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God, God meant it unto good, listen, to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, I'm telling you, that was the grace of God that had a Joseph in the right place at the right time, my friend, to fill up these storehouses against the coming famine. Well, greater still is the grace of God that sent the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the bread of heaven, to save a dying world. Our text says, and Joseph opened the storehouses. Well, I don't want to just talk about Joseph, but I want you to see him whom Joseph typifies. That is our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all about him. From Genesis to Revelation, this is his revelation, his story. I see him on every page. I look at him 
in shadows and types. Boy, I'm telling you, one of the clearest Old Testament types of the Lord Jesus is Joseph. One writer said in over a hundred ways, Joseph typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. I would just mention a dozen of them uh, pertinent to our message tonight. I want you to think about how Joseph uh, pictures the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one, Joseph was beloved of his father. Amen. And Jesus was, uh, amen, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. And then, you know, Joseph, he wore a distinctive robe different than anybody else. Amen. May I say our Lord Jesus has a distinctive robe of righteousness because he's the only man that's ever been or ever will be walked upon this earth by a friend who had a robe of absolute righteousness who did no sin, neither was guile in his mouth. But I'm glad by his sacrifice and by his his blood. Hey, hey, you and I can have that righteousness imputed unto us by faith in his blood. Amen. Well, and then Joseph, you remember in the story, he was sent to his brethren. Yes, he was sent to his brethren. Well, doesn't John 1 say about Jesus, he came unto his own and his own received him not? He was not only sent to his brethren, but he was despised and rejected. His own received him not. He was then stripped of his raiment. Do you remember them stripping his clothes after they nailed him to the cross or after they took him to the Calvary? They stripped him of his clothes and nailed him to the cross. Hey, do you remember that Joseph was let down into the pit. Do you remember, my friend, that he was sold for pieces of silver? Even our Lord was sold by for the silver. Then remember that uh, old uh, Joseph, he was delivered into the hands of the Gentiles. Doesn't that say the same thing about Christ? He was delivered into the hands of the Gentiles, the Romans to execute him by crucifixion. Can I recall this? That Joseph was falsely accused. Yes, he was falsely accused and imprisoned. He was numbered with the transgressors, but he'd done no wrong. Even so, Jesus, amen. And then I think of Joseph. He was brought out of prison, amen, and exalted to the king's right hand. Oh, yes. And they've been singing about that tonight. And about got my motor, I'm telling you, running sure enough. Amen, amen. But then about Joseph, number 10, he became the savior of a starving world and the administrator of life-giving bread. Something else about Joseph is interesting in passing. He was given a Gentile bride. Woo, isn't that good? And then on in the story, he is again revealed to his brethren. 
What a wonderful story it is in the life of Joseph. But I want to talk about these storehouses for a little bit tonight. And I, I want you to just think about a few things about these storehouses. Joseph opened all of these storehouses. He store, opened the storehouses, all right? Let me mention a couple of things here if I may. Number one, I want to talk about the aim of these storehouses. What was the purpose? What was the aim? I'll tell you what the aim was, was to provide life-saving bread to a starving world. Now, this storehouse is to me illustrates uh, the church. Amen. We are to be, my friends, storehouses uh, to where we can distribute, uh, amen, the life-saving bread. Amen, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. So the aim of these storehouses is to provide, amen, life-giving, life-saving, life-sustaining bread. And where do you find bread at? But in the house of God. You don't find it in the Senate. You don't find it in the House of Representatives. You don't find it down at Walmart. You find, I'll tell you where you find the bread. You find the bread in the house house of God. I'm glad that God has raised up the church. Amen. You know what he did? He sent his church into all the world. And we're to go and carry the bread. Amen. That's what it's all about. It's us getting this bread of heaven to the starving souls of men and women, boys and girls. The aim of these storehouses was to feed the starving. I mean, that was the famine was so severe. People were starving to death. But oh my, there is in God's plan. Amen. He did it on purpose. It wasn't haphazard. It wasn't, my friend, an afterthought. It was the plan of God, the aim of these storehouses. Secondly, I would say a word about the abundance of these storehouses. Look at verse 49. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. No way to count it. No way to estimate it. Hey, it was just an abundance, amen. It was bread immeasurable, very much without number. It was bread inexhaustible, sufficient. I never read where they ran out. I'm telling you, hey, hey, I'm glad that the bread of heaven is sufficient, amen, to whosoever will. I'm glad for the abundance of this bread. And as you think about Jesus being the bread, by the way, can I say this? I run ahead of myself a little bit. Jesus is not only, amen, the benefactor, but praise God, he's the benefit. He's the bread. Jesus is the sovereign supplier. 
Jesus is the storehouse keeper. And Jesus is the supplying sustenance. He's both, amen, he's both the Lord and he's the bread. Oh, yes, he is. And my friend, he didn't just come and, and my friend, uh, into this world stingily, but he came to give it all. And he did give it all. And bless God, he wasn't, my friend, just anybody. He was God manifest in the flesh. And, and we're talking about immeasurable, inexhaustible. Hey, Colossians 1:19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Verse uh, chapter 2 and verse 9 For in him that is in Christ dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. What a text that is! Oh, yes, John 1 16. And of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. I'm telling you what, the Lord has a supply, and it isn't just a little bit, it is more. More than enough. I didn't just get enough, my friend, to keep me from starving a, a day or two. But I got tasting that bread, and he that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Amen and amen. I'm glad for the abundance of these storehouses. Number three, I would mention the availability of these storehouses. Yes, sir. In verse 46, it mentions that Joseph went out, the last part of that verse, from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And verse 48, gathered up all the food of the seven years and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field which was around about every city he laid up the same. What I'm seeing and that is, my friend, hey, he sent the bread where the people were. He put the bread in the cities and I, he put the storehouses in the cities. And that's what God does. He raises up a storehouses, churches if you please, among the people, amen, where they can come and get bread. Church, my friend, is on purpose from God to get our mission is get the bread of heaven to those who are hungry and to those that are starving. And may I say, there's bread in God's house. Amen. There's bread in God's house. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about my friend, a Holy Ghost church. I'm talking about, amen, a genuine a group of believers been born again, a, a meeting together in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you to having this Bible, expounding the word, I'm glad there's bread in God's house. There's a lot of around us that's got religion, but they're starving. There's a lot of high steeple, few people, my friend, assemblies that don't don't have no bread. But I think we've got some bread around here this week. Don't you? I think I've got up under the table and got to feed on the bread of life this week. I'm glad for the bread. Oh yes. The availability is for whosoever will. 
Amen. He didn't ask what color they were, class they were. He just put it in the city, say amen. And they'd come, and my friend, and all oh, they'd find that the bread. And the church, our mission is to carry this bread, to make it available to every race. In fact, it's going to work because I've read after it's all over out of every tribe and tongue and kindred, amen, there's going to be some in glory giving God the glory, amen, because they got a taste of that bread, the bread of life. Oh, yes, the availability of these storehouses. Then I've mentioned this, number four, the apathy about these storehouses. In verse 55, and when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Uh-huh. Did you notice that? When all was evidently, when I look at this story, most of the Egyptians did not believe Joseph's prediction of seven years' famine. Because things were just so good, they were having such bumper crops. They believed that these, uh, my friend, that they couldn't see where there'd be any famine. Man, we got so much. We got so much bread. We, we got so much corn. I mean, there was just so much. And they, they couldn't, they didn't, evidently, they were apathetic about doing anything to make preparation. If they had have believed, if these Egyptians had to believe Joseph's prediction, they themselves would have laid up in store during those days of abundance and my friend and would have prepared. And so I would say there was an apathy about these storehouses. And you know, men seem to have a problem with foresight. No one wants to think about preparing for the inevitable. Death, amen. They just want to live the present and live it up. But the fact of it is, my friend, there is coming a day you're going to need God. Amen. But how, my friend, apathetic they were originally about these stories. They may even have whispered and laughed and gossip about it. Did you see that? I mean, look, we got corn everywhere. It's coming out our ears and there's just crops bumping there. Here he is filling up all of these silos in every city. He's just, and hey, and said there's a, my, so we never had it this good. But my friend, they were apathetic. And many a people tonight are full of apathy about my friend coming to the bread of God, coming and getting the Lord Jesus, coming to the storehouse. Hear what I'm saying? There's a lot of people apathetic about the church. There's a lot of folk. In fact, we just came through a time where our nation wanted to declare that it was unessential. Oh, my soul. But I'm telling you what, friend, uh, let me say when starvation begins to hit, oh, how things change. 
how attractive now are these storehouses. I know a lot of people don't think the church is essential, but it is essential to the moral, spiritual, amen, life of our nation. Amen. It is eternally essential. It is God's means of distributing bread. And if you want to get bread, my friend, you got to go to the storehouse. And the storehouse, God raises up here and there individual local churches preaching the good word of God. I'm telling you, God chose to work through the local church. Amen. I'm a local church man. Randy Barton is a local church man. This radio station has never been meant to replace the local church. But rather it is a local church that's using this radio station to minister to others in the local church. It's local church oriented. Amen. I want to say thank God for the church. I don't, some people say, well, they're saved, but they don't want to go to church. That just don't, that don't sit well with me. How can you say you love Jesus and don't love what he loved? He loved the church and he gave himself for it. Thank God for the church. In our nation, my friend, there's a great declension and a falling away and, and probably it's a good thing because a lot of them are falling away from something that's dead at four o'clock. And my friend, it wouldn't ever help them anyway. But hey, 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 the people of God who's tasted heaven's bread. Woo! I think, I think he spread a table a while ago. I believe I got to feed a little bit on the bread of life a while ago. I'm a still a feeding on it. Amen. Hey, hey, there's bread in God's house. Amen and amen. The apathy about, but then the attractiveness of the storehouse. In that same verse, the, the verse 55, and the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph, what he saith do. The people cried. There was a famine. How extensive was that famine? Look at the last part of verse 56, our text. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt and all countries came into Egypt to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all lands. This was a worldwide famine. There is a worldwide famine right now of hearing the word of God. There is a worldwide famine that are starving and dying because they have not received the bread of God that is presented through the gospel message. And oh my soul. But when people get hungry, that, that, that's the kicker right there. How attractive and how important now these storehouses that they ignored, how important now they are, my friend, because they're starving. And isn't that the way it is? 
They, they did not come to the storehouse until they got in desperation. When they got desperately hungry. And you know, I believe Christ and salvation will not be attractive to men as long as they feel self-sufficient. Uh-huh. But let them see themselves desperately lost. Amen. And then, and only then, when they get good and hungry, will they come to God. Oh, people's got to feel their need. They got to see their bankruptcy. They got to see their sinners. They got to realize how desperately lost they are and dying without God they are. And when they do, hey, hey, oh, then they'll be drawn to the storehouse. This is why God sends the Spirit of God to convince and convict and he uses the church by a friend to spread the table. Amen. And it ministered the bread. All right, let me go another one right quick. Not number five, but number six. I would mention the administrator of the storehouses. Now, in verse 55, when they came to Pharaoh, Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. Amen. What does that remind you of? Amen. Doesn't that remind you of John chapter 2 and the servants at the wedding of Cain of Galilee? Amen. Mary said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Amen. Now, when I think about the administrator of these storehouses, it was Joseph. Amen. Second only to Pharaoh. He was Lord over all of Egypt. He was the administrator. He had the oversight. Joseph had the oversight of all the corn, all the storehouses. Amen. How many tell you what? He was in charge. He was Lord of all. But what about Jesus? John 3 and verse 35, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. May I say that Jesus is the administrator of the storehouses. He's the, amen. He is the overseer. He has the oversight. In fact, he is called the Lord of the church. He's Lord. Hey, hey, I'm glad he's my Lord. Is he your Lord? Do you know him as Lord? Hey, 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 if you don't, you're in a good place because I'm telling you, there's bread here tonight. Hey, hey, God, God put bread out before I ever got up here. There's bread here tonight. This whole service has been about him, the bread of heaven that came down to men. Not man, but God's only begotten son. Oh, my soul. The administrator had the oversight. Then there was not only the oversight suggested there, but there was the obedience that was demanded there. Whatsoever he saith to you do. Amen. Oh, yes. So the obedience is a part. The Bible talks about the obedience of faith. God can put the bread out in the house of God, but you're going to have to receive it. 
You're going to have to obey. You're going to have to come in obedience of faith. And then I think about not only the oversight suggested here, the obedience, but I think about the openings. The only way to get to the storehouse was through Joseph. No other means, no other way. He had the keys to all of them. Nobody moved, nobody bought, nobody sold at the storehouses unless, my friend, they went through Joseph. Oh, my soul. Can I tell you that John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am a way, a truth, a life. I didn't say that right, did I? The definite article I am the way. Amen. He's not one of many. He's one singular only, the onlyest. That's not good English, but that's good theology. He's He's not just a savior. He's the onlyest one. Amen. There is none other, none other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. He's the only one, the only Savior. And he alone can open the storehouse of God and let you feed on bread that you can eat and live forever. Amen. Glory to God. Jesus is the benefactor and he is the bread. I would mention number seven and I'll be done. I would talk about not only the administrator of these storehouses, but the access to these storehouses. The access to them. Gracious openings. Our text verse says, and Joseph opened most of the storehouses. A few of them. I like that. He opened them all. He did, not, he did not send any away. He did not cast them out. He didn't, Joseph didn't say, I told you so. You should have re- believed what I said. You ought to have prepared. He didn't fuss at them. No, he just graciously opened unto them without fussing. Amen. Wouldn't that have been good if that had been the trumpet? Did you know the trumpet's going? Did you know it's going to happen just like that? If, and since the Lord let that happen, just let me say, if you're here tonight and not saved, if that had been a trumpet, there wouldn't have been nobody in this pulpit. Most of these pews would be empty except for clothes that looked like something was snatched out of them. And you just open your eyes and where everybody go? Did I go to sleep? No, you got left behind. So thank you, Lord, sitting in that trunk. All right. But we're talking about gracious openings here. The gracious openings. He opened up a way, even my friend from them who may have laughed at him and mocked at him and, you know, ignored him, made light of those, but yet he opened up graciously. Oh, my soul, not fussing about their foolishness. And I think about God in his grace. The Bible said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation 
hath appeared to all men. I'm glad for the grace of God. Amen. And again, I want to say he didn't open just a few of them. He opened all the storehouses. He wasn't stingy. And our Lord is not stingy. Amen. He opens up more than enough. He came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Gracious openings. We didn't deserve it. None of us, if we got what we deserve, we'd be in hell. Even now, oh my soul, how many times did we send him away and ignore him? But oh, aren't you glad that he stood at your door mid sunshine and rain and patiently waited an entrance to gain? What shame that so long he entreated in vain. But oh, he kept coming and he kept knocking. And one day, hallelujah, I received of that bread and I'm gonna live forever. Glory to God, glory to God. Gracious openings. And then I would say this, in this access to the storehouses, there was great opportunity. The family, if they would come back tonight and we're gonna have an invitation, we'll let them sing again whatever God puts on their heart. But I would just say, there is a great opportunity right here tonight if you're without Christ. God has put bread out. (laughs) And the bread here, my friend, is His Son. It's all about Him. I mean, what they've sang about and presented to you in the spiritual realm was the bread of heaven. Amen. Amen. Moses didn't give you that bread from heaven, but my father, Jesus said, he's provided the bread. Jesus is the bread of life. And if you eat of this bread, you won't ever hunger, you won't ever thirst. And that's talking spiritually, of course. But the great opportunity, not only did the Egyptians come to Joseph, but all countries, all kinds and all colors and all classes, they all came. And you know what? I never read where Joseph sent any away. I never read where he sent any away. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Jesus said, all that the Father give me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise, no way, no wise cast out. 